Back at it here on Sports Talk Chicago. Last segment of the program. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us and tuning in. John Zaglula here with you. John Meadows is behind the scenes directing and producing. Big thank you to all of our affiliates across Illinois, across Chicagoland. WJOB 1230 AM across Chicagoland, Bloomington, Cities 92.9 FM, Gen TV, and ACTV. We're live on YouTube at Sports Talk Chicago. You can give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel as we try to get to 20,000 subscribers. We're getting closer and closer every day. And if you've missed any parts of this program, if you're just kind of tuning in, you missed the first 15, 20 minutes, don't worry. We're all over on podcast platforms at Sports Talk Chicago. You can go back. Uh, We have the full show posted. We have each segment posted individually in case you want to listen to one and done. We hope you listen to all of it, but if you want to... Just hang out for one of them. You're more than welcome to do that, too. And we uh, have every way in which we can serve you. You can even go to our website, sportstalkchicago.com. Everything is up there. And that's consistently edited and updated throughout the week. Well, I promised baseball coverage for all. These final two segments, we did the Cubs last segment. Now it's time to move on to baseball's number one disappointment. Don't just take my word for it. Brett Boone said it on our show, too, a couple of months ago. Chicago White Sox, baseball's biggest disappointment. Pedro Grafone, his first year at the helm, went 61 and 101. The Sox actually lost 100 games. You know, they were at 1.5 and a half and even four and a half games out of the AL Central Division title in June. Had they actually stepped up to the plate, no pun intended, and decided to play baseball, maybe they could have won the division. But instead, the fallout that occurred with uh, Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn getting fired and Chris Getz being promoted to general manager. The Sox understandably lost all hope on the field and played like crap. They went 61-101, and which ironically enough matches their Pythagorean win-loss. So according to their run differential, they played like a 61-101 and team. At least they didn't leave anything out on the field, unlike the Cubs. One of the few bright spots, someone who should get a lot of praise is Luis Robert. How about a great year for him? Somebody who's always struggled with health issues. Puts up 145 games, 38 home runs, 80 RBIs, hits 264. You know me, I love to rag on people about batting average. I'm not going to really kill him. He's never played more than 100 games in his career in a season. This guy played 145 this year, nearly 600 plate appearances. He was worn out, as he should be. I understand. He's 25 years old, 38 home runs. If he could continue at this pace, he is going to be one heck of a talent. He finally showed this year why he was projected to be an MVP when he was signed. I remember when they signed him out of Cuba. They said, MVP. And this year, although Shohei's probably going to get in the AL, he should get votes, like a 10th place vote. And I think he will. I think we will see votes for Luis Robert Jr. as an MVP. Now, okay, 264 and only 30 walks, 172 strikeouts. I get that. But as far as impact to his team and as far as bright spots for a really tough team, Luis Robert did great this year, overall, relatively speaking. He deserves some credit, and he deserves an opportunity to be recognized for it on the national stage. Eloy Jimenez did okay at the plates, but obviously he's always a liability defensively. And really, as far as hitting goes, that's about all she wrote. Maybe you could argue uh, Andrew Vaughn, 21 homers, 80 RBIs in 152 games, but... That's really about on par with expectations. Jake Berger was doing good, then they traded him. Now he's on the Marlins in the playoffs. And actually, Berger's hitting 313 with the Marlins since he got traded. So, talk about a loss there. As far as pitching goes, I mean, 
there really isn't much to say. Mike Clevenger somehow stayed with the team the entire season. He wasn't one of the many who got traded or put on waivers. Or Actually, I'm sorry, he was put on waivers, but nobody claimed him. My bad. He went 9-9 with a 377 ERA. He was the best pitcher for the White Sox that actually made it the whole year. The bullpen was average at best. I mean, Kendall Graveman did all right. Liam Hendricks obviously came back from cancer, then got hurt. Now he's getting Tommy John, so he's going to be out for a while. And Graveman did an okay job stepping in, but not perfect. Gregory Santos did fine in 60 appearances. He was probably the brightest spot of the White Sox bullpen, if I had to make an argument for it. Garrett Crochandler made 13 appearances. Tukey Toussaint uh, stepped in as a starter late and did fine. Yeah, kind of. Did what he was supposed to do. He's not really a superstar. This team was bad, okay? This team was really bad, and it wasn't supposed to go that way. It wasn't expected to go that way, but it did. Now, we could talk for days about who's to blame for everything. Everybody wants Pedro Grifol to be fired. He's going to be brought back for 2024, which is the right move if you're the White Sox, as I've mentioned many a time. These players did not perform. Tim Anderson was probably the biggest joke on this team this year. 245, he had a 60 OPS plus. 60, 60. And he played 123 games. He had 524 plate appearances. He was playing every day with his 60 OPS plus. He was going through off the field stuff. I understand then take some time away. Because this didn't help anybody. Oscar Colas, big-time prospect. Everybody's so excited. Yeah, he hit 216 in 75 games. Kind of reminds me of Felix P.A. Cubs fans may remember him. Remember Felix P.A.? Big-time prospect. He's going to hit the crap out of the baseball. Yeah, he didn't do anything. And Oscar Colas, he has a lot to prove next year. I'll tell you that. Because he had 216 in 75 games. I know there was talk, hey, he's improving down back at AAA when he got demoted, but don't really care about that. Same with the Matt Mervis thing. Don't really care about that. They were great in AAA. you got to prove it in the major leagues. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder come next year, and I hope that it works out, but I'm not making any promises, nor am I going to sit here and hope on it. Andrew Benintendi, who I lauded as a great signing, didn't do too well here either. I mean, five home runs, five, that's it. For a guy playing at Sox Park who's hit 20, 25, 30 in his career before in a season, he hit 262. Yohan Moncada, who is an absolute bust. I mean, at this point, there's really no doubt. He had that one good year in 2019 when the ball was juiced. That's been proven. A lot of guys had good years that year. Other than that, he has been a complete disappointment. And can you believe the White Sox traded Chris Sale for him? They didn't get Devers, right? They didn't get Betts at the time. They got Moncada. There's a reason why the Red Sox said, you know what? Take him. He's a bust. Albus Andrews was horrible. As Monte Grandal is going to be gone and his contract's up, that four-year contract is up. He had 234 in his last year. He'll be lucky if he gets a minor league deal, in my opinion. This was a bad team. Their failure was driven by their players. Their failure was driven by their players. The regime change didn't help, but they were already done at that point. Everybody wants to live or die on these players. 
Everybody's such a huge fan. They want to be a fanboy about it. I'll tell you what. They lost because their players sucked. There's no other way you could put it. You could try and blame Griffal, or you could blame Rick Hunt and Kenny Williams for constructing this roster, for sure, and Jerry Reinsdorf for letting them do it. You could even blame, you know, the, the individual players, the coaching staff. I'm not going to blame Griffal for walking in with this roster. There, there were barely any changes made, and then going 61 and 101. That's not Pedro Griffal's fault. He walked in with this roster in hand, and this is what they produced. Nothing. Maybe Tony LaRusso should have stayed, right? At least he went 81 and 81 with this roster last year. But no, we're not going to have that conversation because everybody hates him. This team is so far from contention now, so far from promise, so far from everything. They're going to have to rebuild, and now they're going to let Chris Gantz do it. I don't trust Chris Gantz at all. Chris Gantz was leading the White Sox minor league development for all these players who came to the major leagues. So all these players fell under Chris Gantz's jurisdiction in terms of development, and all of them are bust with the exception of Luis Robert. That's it. Out of all these players who've come up with the White Sox, all these prospects, Andrew Vaughn and Aloy Jimenez, Oscar Colas, Yohan Moncada to an extent, Sebi Zavala, Jake Berger. Jake Berger's an okay success story. Dylan Cease, okay, but he had a bad year this year. All of these guys we're talking about, all these guys who are touted, are touted as big-time players for the White Sox and their fan base are busts. And that's thanks to Chris Getz, who led minor league development. Now he's the GM. Now he's the GM. And this team, as they stand today, are not going to be good. They're not going to be good. So I have really little to no expectations and little to no hope for the White Sox. If they don't lose 100 games next year, that's an improvement. And that's that's where I'm going to leave it. As far as their report card grade for this year, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Talk about an F. It is an F. The White Sox came into this season with a lot of promise. They brought in Pedro Griffol, and the thought was, okay, if you bring in Griffol, you're going to do better than Tony La Russa, because Tony La Russa was the problem for the team last year. They went 81 and 81. So you think, okay, you bring him in, things are going to get better. But nope, they get worse. And now at 61 and 101, there's going to be a problem. So, yeah, they're in big trouble. I don't know what Chris Getz is going to do. I don't know how Chris Getz is going to adjust and take care of this situation. I don't know what you can do, especially if he's answering to Jerry Reinsdorf. Maybe it won't be Chris Getz. Maybe, you know, he really won't have much of a say. I, I don't know. But I do know this. Don't expect anything out of the White Sox this year. Don't expect promise. Don't even expect 500. Expect the worst. Expect the worst to happen. It's a shame that they stand where they do. It's a shame that nothing seems to change there for the White Sox in terms of regime, in terms of way they run their organization, similar to the Bears, really. Really similar to the Bears and just their consistent and continual dysfunction. Then they won once, everybody shut up. Every White Sox fan goes like, oh my gosh, 2005, just like every Bears fan goes like, oh my gosh, 1985. They're really the same in terms of how they're run and the consistent dysfunction and all these things that continue to happen. They're very, very similar. So, 
The White Sox are in trouble, and it's disappointing to say the least. For any White Sox fans out there, don't expect anything. They're down and out. I mean, are they even going to spend any money this year? They claim that they will. I, I don't believe it. And if you do, who are you going to spend money on? You have like 10 holes on your team. You need 10 players. If you're going to go out and spend $500 million, maybe you'll get better. But unless you don't, I mean, if you don't plan on doing that, it's not going to happen. And they're not going to do that. They barely spend money as it is. Or, I'm sorry, they spend money, but on dumb pieces. I know their payroll was $185 million this year. This was the highest payroll ever in White Sox history, which is awesome. Good for them. But it doesn't matter if you spend money on dumb pieces who just don't perform. So, farewell to the White Sox and their 2024 hopes. I give them an F for this season. That's my report card grade for them. So I gave the Cubs a B minus. If you're just tuning in, Cubs got a B minus for how well they did overall in the beginning, then how they collapsed near the end. The White Sox get a flat out F because they were supposed to be great and they went 61 and 101. Those are my report card grades. That's my baseball talk. We had to get it out there because, man, after these seasons, something had to be said. And we're going to continue to track free agency in the offseason. Hopefully, the Cubs at least make some moves and that gets things exciting about next year. But I don't expect much out of the White Sox. But we're going to follow both of them very closely right here on Sports Talk Chicago. And uh, we'll make sure we always give you the truth on the subject and on every subject. And at this point, at least, that's how, that's how we're going to end it here today. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, big shout-out to our radio affiliates, as we had kind of mentioned uh, throughout this program. Uh, you know, If you're out there listening and you want to become a radio affiliate, you can email me, sportstalkchicago1, the number one, at gmail.com. Consistently adding networks daily, and uh, we're, we're very grateful and very happy to be with the ones that we're on right now. ACTV, Jed TV, Cities 92.9 FM and AM 1230 WJOB. Big thank you to John Meadows directing and producing behind the scenes, making sure everything looks good. If you're here on YouTube hanging out with us, please subscribe to the channel. Hit that like button on this video. Remember, we're going to be live for every Bears game. Uh, moving forward, that includes Thursday night games, that includes Sunday games. So if you want to hang out with us, and watch the game with us live. Listen to my play-by-play and commentary. You know where to go. It's right on YouTube, also on Twitch at Sports Talk Chicago. Follow us all over. Follow me personally at John Z Sports. And um, appreciate everybody for hanging out here with us. We've had so much fun being on the radio, being in syndication. We promise to give all of you the straight-up truth about Chicago sports. No BS. No sugarcoating. No worrying about what other people are going to say. We care about the truth, and we owe it to all of you to speak what's on our minds. And we're grateful for all of you to give us that platform and to give us that audience uh, that allows us to do it. Until next time, so long. This is Sports Talk Chicago.